next. We're now streaming live. Excellent. So, hey, I'm Bill Gross, and this is my weekly probate real estate call. Uh, I do this every week to both work with investors, uh, wholesalers, uh, real estate agents, and to uh, help you either um, find probate real estate business. I teach a class. There's 11 different ways I've identified on how to generate business in probate. Most companies only sell on one or two, which is cold calling personal reps or cold calling attorneys. And while those are ways to get business, <clears throat> most people find that difficult, competitive in certain markets. There's actually nine other ways to make money. And my job is to help you uh, find the right path for you to make money in this and work together if we can. So um, I'm a real estate broker here in Los Angeles. I work LA County intensely. I have a real estate company that I run with 24 members of my team throughout the United States. And I'll just share with you at the top of the hour, some of you are with real, with, uh, real estate companies. I'm with EXP, a couple of you guys are on here. Uh, today, I, I, you know, I, I don't wanna make this a pitch session or recruiting session, but I do wanna share, um, EXP is a publicly traded company. I joined and they're giving us stock and I started getting stock at 925 a share. Uh, today, the uh, stock hit $100 a share, closed about $97 and change. And I can share the money that I used to give to Century 21 or Keller Williams in the last two years, keeping at EXP in my stock account, today's worth over $200,000. So if you're interested in creating more wealth through your real estate practice, I'd love to share with you some ways to do that. Again, that's not the purpose of the call, but forgive the one-time commercial because I do think this is life-changing money. I know so many people who've been in real estate their whole careers and end up with nothing. And don't let that be you. So either be on track to make a lot of money or let's get together and make a lot of money together. Um, so I want to share with you kind of an interesting experience in, in probate. If you have a question, feel free to raise your hand or put in the chat box, I'll get to you uh, as we kind of get started. Uh, and you're welcome to unmute yourself and just uh, call your name out if you have a question as well. I'm, I'd like this to be interactive. And what I'll share with you, I've been in business a long time. I've been blessed to be, uh, really been blessed in this business. I, 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 if I talk too much, I'll start crying. But I, uh, in, in a global pandemic, um, my cup overflows with blessings. And my, my biggest challenge is how to help other people today. I put this call on really with my focus how can I help you? How can I help the investor who has a deal and they can't get it closed? Or how can I encourage the guy who's been out there, or gal, who's been out there humping it, making phone calls or door knocking or mailing whatever and not getting the results they want? How can I encourage you to keep going? Or encourage you to go in the right direction where you're going to find the cheese and find the gold? So my first coach was Zig Ziglar. He taught me you can have anything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. I'm here today to help you get what you want. I really am. I'm not selling coaching. I don't have a program to sell. I used to. I'm not selling data. I have some resources I can share with you and get you a coupon code and a discount. I don't make any money on it. I don't have anything to sell other than I'm a broker. If you have a property you want to sell, love to help you with that. But I'm selling you on you. I'm going to sell you today on this is the greatest opportunity to build wealth in real estate in my lifetime. You can't tell I'm old. I'm 62 years old as of last week. 
I've been in real estate since 1986, more than most you've been alive. I've been in real estate for 36 years almost. And we had some ups and downs. I've done a lot of different things. There has never been a better opportunity to make money, whether you're wealthy to make more or you're just starting out. There has never been a better opportunity than right now to build wealth in real estate. I'm here to help. I want to share with you one thing I want, want you to think about. Don't fall for people telling you they're an expert. I'm in escrow. I represent an investor who bought a property at probate court. This is my area of expertise. Of all of real estate, I don't know a lot about certain things. Staging, I don't really know the high-end market that well. Uh, a lot of things I don't know. But what I do know more than anybody is properties that get sold at court confirmation in Los Angeles County. I've seen more of those than anybody in the last two years. Period. End of subject. I've researched more. I have more data on those than anybody. That's my little world. When you come into that world, you're playing in my world. Now, I try to be humble. I don't know everything. I learn all the time. But it's interesting. So I, I represent a buyer. There's a property being sold. It had been sold before we got there for, I want to say, uh, let's just say for sake of discussion, $300,000. And my investor knew it was worth more and he bid it. And there's another investor and they bid it and went back and forth. And we ended up paying $337,500 for a lot 659 South Soto Street in Los Angeles. It's a house that's basically condemned or, you know, it's it's a city of LA is fenced in, it's fallen down, roofs knocked off. I mean, it's a mess. But my investor sees it as a land to build a house on. And what's, what's fascinating to me is the other realtors always assume you know nothing. They're so used to talking to people and acting like they're more than they really are. And so we get into some discussions on opening up the escrow. And the realtor is telling me what he thinks the rule is. Now, again, this is an area that I know the rule. And he doesn't tell me, he doesn't say it in a respectful tone. Well, you should know. Might I suggest? Maybe we should. It's, hey, if you don't know, we get to choose this or that. And I had to say back to him, Listen, with all respect, I'm not here to tell you anything. I'm going to give you an alternative point of view. This is my point of view. My point of view is the rules say this. My experience is this is how it's supposed to happen. And this is what we're going to work towards. And what I want to say to you is don't be fooled by somebody who convinces you they're an expert just because they say they are. Look at the details. Look at how they handle their business. Look at their vendors. Look at their paperwork. How they do the little things is how they do everything. And the other thing I'll say to you is your goal should be to be an expert at something. Even if it's one piece of property. If you're on here and you're starving financially. I've had people who are working at night, you know, washing dishes. I, I couldn't do it. Like that's what drives me to work hard. So I don't have to do that. I admire the people who work that hard who come in from foreign countries and, and walk into a restaurant and take that job. I couldn't do, I never had to, I couldn't do it. I guess I'm too soft. You want to say that, but I work with guys who are that guy 
and they're making them more than minimum wage you get paid. And they probably get cheated out of some of the money and they pay too much for rent. They pay too much for food and they're starving every week. Maybe they have family to feed and they're trying to learn real estate to hustle a deal and make some money and they find that one deal. If you find that deal, then be the expert in that deal. Drive the property, learn the neighborhood, find the comparables, learn the history of the property. The, the, whatever it is you are working in, be the expert in that. Too many people make it sound like in real estate, we get paid to convince people we're something. We don't get paid to convince anybody anything. You get the chance to talk to people if you fool them. We get paid the value we receive as a realtor, an investor, a wholesaler, or whatever, bird dogger, whatever you want to call yourself. The money we receive is, the, is a piece of the value we create for somebody else. You want to make more money? Create more value for your prospect. Create more value for your customer. Find a deal with more meat on the bone. Find a deal. Here's what I can promise you. If you're out looking at real estate today, you find a property that you can have under contract if you're a wholesaler and somebody can flip and make money on it and there's real, real profit on that deal, if you really know there is, somebody will pay you for that property and give you a profit if there's money there. 100% guaranteed. And if you, if you don't think I'm right, call me, run your deal by me. I'll help you. Oftentimes, it's you've mismanaged the property or uh, mismanaged the numbers and there's not that much there. And you need to find that out so you can move on to the next one. But I assure you, financing is not an option today, a problem today. There's more money sloshing around America than in any time of my career. You can have no experience at all and get deals financed today. And if you have trouble with that, come see me. I'll, I'll connect you to somebody, either somebody I know, or we'll find somebody together. I'll help you find it, get it financed if there's a profit in the deal. But don't buy somebody telling you they're an expert and let that kill your dreams. There's too many lenders that I get on the phone with me and start telling me how good they are. I've been around a long time. I mean, I've been around the block. I've seen a thing or two. So you, if you can't answer a couple of basic questions, you know, I know who you are pretty quickly. And if I don't know somebody who knows you, that's rare for me, Right. And people pull on this airs and this game about all they've done. Don't fall for it. So here's what I tell you. Don't fall for somebody telling you they're an expert. And don't you think that's the key to success is looking like an expert. Be the expert. Create real value for people. Take the extra step. Make the extra call. Research the extra piece of information on the property so you know what's going on. That's where value comes in probate or any other business. Now, I'll say this in probate, it fascinates me how many realtors we have who take a class, get certified, and want to present themselves as experts. Anybody who talked to them, if they said the sum total of my expertise is a three-day class or a one-day class I took three years ago, well, let me ask real quick, who here's going to list their property with somebody who took a class two or three years ago, and that's all they really know. Anybody in this call? No, no. Experts is, is, an, is an ongoing process. Experts apply some experience. Now, I say this. 
You can be an expert pretty fast on YouTube today. I record my calls. Allleads.com has a great role play every month, a great mastermind every week. You can listen to hours and hours. That's what I did. And I watched attorney's videos and I bought a couple books. I went all in and I went to court every day for at least a month. Not saying you have to do all of that. I'm just saying the more you learn, the more you earn. Want to make more money? See more property. Create more value. So in probate, when people say to me they want to learn how to sell more and, and make money in probate, great. I'm glad to help. I can I can help you in a couple strategies, but here's what I can promise you that strategy includes hard work and in learning information. That's the combination. You got to get some experience, learning, and you got to put the time in on the task. That's what I do. That's what I did. I went to court every day for about, you know, until they closed for COVID for about a year, year and a half, put a suit on, tie, and I was at court. Court started at 8.30. I was there at 7.45 because that's what it was. And I, and I offered people free training to go down to meet me at court back pre-COVID. And people signed up and about one third of the people signed up, showed up. It was free. Maybe should I charge money for it? They'd show up. And, and a number of people never signed up because they said, oh, that's too early. Okay. Wasn't too early for me to be successful. Wasn't too early for me to make a lot of money. But if it's too early for you, then okay. And we all have our lives and families and kids. And I don't mean to be disrespectful anyway. But if you're not going to do that, what are you going to do? If I wasn't going to do that, I used to cold call for three hours a day. I just found going to court more productive for me. So my message for the day is don't talk about being an expert. Don't pretend you are. Don't look like an expert. Be an expert. Learn the material. Have somebody explain it to you what you don't understand. Don't try to pretend that you know what, you know something you don't know. Use the opportunity to learn. And the more you learn, the more you'll earn. Okay. Evelyn, you're a landlord and you're starving. Uh, Evelyn... Um, you know, real estate in Los Angeles. Where are you at, Evelyn? Are you in LA, Southern California? Doesn't say. I'm a real estate broker. I sell multifamily houses if you want them. You know, I list them. I have investors who want to buy them. But man, and I don't think it's going to get better soon. I don't see it getting better anytime soon. I, I can make a case that it could get worse soon. But I, I don't see it turn around. I, it's not just changing the president. It's not going to have anything to do with landlord problems in Los Angeles. we got other issues. Um, okay. Bill, Bill, I have a question for you. Go ahead. Go. I contacted a lender today who, who does reverse mortgages. And I was very curious. And I asked him, uh, how, how would a, you know, if, if the home had to go into probate and it had a reverse mortgage on it, how would that play out in probate uh, court? He said, well, first uh, first of all, a lot of times the families, they don't want to act and they don't act. But right. the, the lender, he said, the lender will know or whoever's servicing that that person has died because the social security will actually contact the bank. And then he said, he said, um, you, he said that uh, they can slow up the process but people need to, you know, contact and start dialoguing with the bank, and also 
provide whatever paperwork. If it's a petition, you need to provide it because the lender has to know that someone who's responsible is acting on it. And that would slow down the process. But, but he says, um, uh, once that person um, dies, you got to move quickly. Yeah. And uh, all the parties, they need to be able to, you know, to, to talk with, with each other. And so he was very thorough. And I, th I thanked him for that because I needed someone to explain that process because I've heard, you know, uh, you know different stories. And so I decided to go ahead and call, 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 call someone who, who would know. Great. Well, let me just change a couple little pieces. But thank you for sharing that. Reverse mortgage, for those who don't know, Instead of a mortgage where you borrow money and pay monthly, reverse mortgages, they basically advance the money, but you make no payments. They just add the interest uh, to the bill, and then eventually you pay off the loan and they get paid. So they only lend a lower percentage of the value of the property than a normal lender would. They're very common with older people. Because they're more expensive, the interest rate's usually higher than a regular loan. They're typically for people who can't qualify for a normal loan, but have equity in their house. So you own a house that's worth a million dollars. You maybe have no income, but you can borrow money because they know there's equity there. So join one thing I would change is the lenders actually subscribe to a service with Social Security. So they're going to know when the person's passed. Gotcha. Um, and then what happens is um, they have an acceleration clause. Uh, and typically it's six months uh, that they can kind of force the action if they want to. But they really don't want to foreclose. Nobody wants to foreclose. Nobody really knows they can foreclose today. Uh, they can, but nobody really wants to foreclose. And so the the estate is going to end up having to pay off that reverse mortgage. And they can fight it, but they're going to pay a high rate of interest plus administrative fees, plus legal fees, plus okay. maybe double legal fees. They might have to pay their and the other and the lender's legal fees mm -hmm. along the way. And so they are best advised. If there's a reverse mortgage, you're not going to be able to keep the house and live there for free. It just isn't going to work. Mm -hmm. uh, if Once mom's gone, it's pretty much over once the social security number gets updated. Um, and so they're best advised to have a plan of action in place. The uh, banks are glad to work with you as long as you have letters of authority. And yes. as a real estate agent, I find that the property is listed and I practically keep them in touch. They'll extend and extend the time and work with the estate. As long as there's equity, they're getting paid. They do not want to foreclose as long as you cooperate with them. But when you try to live there for free and, and finagle your way in, the banks smell that a mile away and it gets very expensive. Okay. Okay. Thanks. I'm glad I called yeah. because yeah. because uh, he definitely educated me about, okay, this is the yeah. process. You yeah. know, if you're going to be the agent, you need to stay in contact with the lender and yeah. don't give generalities because they don't like yeah. generalities. They want to yeah. know, you know, yeah. do you have an offer? You know, what's going on with that? Well, are you the agent of record? You need to get a listing agreement. You have to get the, the letters of authority that, that, they right. can, that they can sell the property that you're listing uh, or if they're in process, advise them what the process is of probate uh, mm -hmm. and, and then we'll get that done. Absolutely. Um, Victor says, I thought only a family member can negotiate with the bank. Um, no, actually anybody with legal authority for the estate only. A family member can't do anything until they have letters of authority. But if you're a listing agent and they listing, if they have a 
letter of authority, and then they sign you as a listing agent. Uh, my experience is I call the banks, I send them the documents, they'll work with me because the listing agreement gives me the authority to negotiate with that with the bank. Um, as far as family members only, uh, it doesn't matter who you are, if you don't have the letters of authority, they're not going to talk to you. Uh, and they're not going to negotiate, they're going to um, either force you to sell or maybe work with you before forcing you to sell or you're going to pay them off. But they're going to get paid as fast as they can. They're not interested. Uh, they don't redo the loan. They don't. It's odd. You might think they would refinance or offer financing or have a special referral program. My experience is they just want to get paid off. They're not really set up for that at all. Um, we had another question from Maxine. Are you back to cold calling for your lead generation now that you can't go to court? The answer is no. Um, I don't cold call now. One of the challenges I, now again, I've built a business. I have uh, seven pending escrows and two current listings. So I have an active business in, in as well as I run a, a good sized team. I have 24 agents on my company. Um, but actually I do this call. I do another call on Tuesdays. I do another call uh, with another group. So I do three Zoom calls a week to generate leads and you know, I've been around a while. I have a reputation. I have people referring me business. So the truth is, I have more inbound people referring me business than I have time to cold call. So I, I don't cold call anymore. I think nothing wrong with it. Um, certainly, if I was, when I was new, I did three hours a day diligently. When I relaunched my business ten years ago, I did three hours a day diligently. Uh, but one of the privileges of success is. And, and a good reputation is people call you and I spend more time coaching my people and servicing my customer leads than I have to uh, lead generate. Uh, I go back to court again. I will say that when there's a matter involving court, I tend to go when other agents don't. And I look at that as an opportunity to both service my client and do lead generation. So like last week, uh, last week, no, Monday, we bought a property in court uh, while most agents are a little lazier and on the phone, I went to court. And while I'm there, I met the attorney. And while I was there, I had a chance to share with the attorney what I do where other people don't. And so while maybe it wasn't worth the whole three hours normally, to get one good relationship with an attorney could be worth three hours of, of my time. So I would say to you that I use the court about once a week as my lead generation separate from people from inbound. Um, okay, Janet Banks says, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. Hey, Janet, thanks for joining us from Louisville, Kentucky. I went downtown to the Privy Court to acquire a list, but they say I need a case number. What are the proper steps to take? So, Janet, I'll say that the process is different in every county across America. Uh, one uh, tip I would say is, first, uh, I don't know what county Louisville, Kentucky is in, but I don't think it's Louisville County. It might be but I would, I would research the county you're in's probate court and see what online resources they have. Um, and I, find, I've, I've re, I have people my team online right now from Northern California, San Diego. And I find when I go to the counties, we find some information is available online for free and you wanna maximize what's there for free to begin with. Normally, uh, I, I know that I hear on training calls Oh, go into the court and talk to the probate court person, and they'll they'll just you know give you everything, rainbows and unicorns. That's not the case in LA. I can't I can't speak for Louisville. Uh, 
<laughs> but LA, it's like the DMV. They don't want to see you there. The sooner you're gone, the happier they are than go back to not working. Mm-hmm. They're going to give you whatever they have to give you. Okay, so. <laughs> LA is like, look, there's no such thing as famous. Nobody give a damn about nobody. Ain't nobody famous. LA don't care. It's real here. And that's what you're going to get going to any kind of bureaucracy. They're overpaid. They don't give a damn about they're you. Underpaid. <laughs> they're underpaid. They're overworked. And it's your fault for asking a question. So you better have that's your paper straight up and ready to go. I can't speak for Louisville, but I will say, number one, Jenna, I would check online. I'd be glad to play around with you on that online sometime if you want to uh, set up a call with me. Uh, be glad to, one time, I'm, I'm interested in always learning about other counties. Number two, um, when I started, and again, um, in business, you invest either time and or money. I was lucky to have some money to invest in my business when I started. I don't know where you are. If you don't have any extra money, don't. But if you do, you might consider subscribing to leads from one of the lead sources. And they theoretically are going into your county and pulling the data either in person effectively or they're doing it online and then sharing that with you. I use Probate Daily. Um, If you want to text me, um, I can text you back a link that has in it um, uh, a coupon code, a, a link and a coupon code they'll give you a little discount with them. I don't make any money on it. Uh, I support them because I'm a vendor and I like them. And I like to see you do well. And also if you do that, you'll get a free book from my friend, Kevin Sales, if you use my coupon code. So if you want to just text good stuff, I'm gonna type in the chat box here, to the following phone number, 213-460-2577. I have on there the different meetings I do weekly as well as links to data. And I would say try one time if you can afford it. Well, that came out all weird. Isn't that funny? Um, every time I do the... There you go, 213-460-2577. You'll get back a document that has Different data sources. Probate Daily is, uh, the, I think, the cheaper alternative, as well as a coupon there for a discount, as well as a book. So I would say either buy the data or do some research online at Jen if you want. Also, on my good stuff, you can book a, a call with me for 15 minutes. I'd love to learn a little bit about Louisville, Kentucky myself. So love, hope that helps you out a little bit. Um, okay, Jefferson County. Okay, there you go. We learned a little bit. Louisville is in Jefferson County, everybody. Uh, so again, I would Google Jefferson County probate court, see what pops up. Typically, the court um, uh, has some resources that are free uh, that will have you, maybe the calendar, maybe a document listing the cases. Uh, and then again, I would, if I don't get anything there, I might consider. And the other thing I would do, uh, Jenna, are you a realtor or are you a investor slash wholesaler? Hey, Bill. So I am... Okay, so I'm a realtor in Louisville. I love the way people from Louisville say Louisville. I can just listen to that all day long. Well, I had to learn that I'm actually from Georgia, so. <laughs> <laughs> you gave us a Georgia too, so good, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a realtor. So as a real estate agent, I don't know about your MLS, my MLS, I can search for properties or probate, yes or no, and I can search for um, court confirmation, yes or no. So again, I can find the properties and learn that as well. And I would say that's another way to learn about your business. Okay. 
Yeah, I have to look into my MLS to see. I'm not so certain about that deal. Sure. Jenna, what company are you with? I'm with Caldwell Banker. I'm with I'm cheating on EXP. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're not cheating. No, you're welcome. I'm, I just asked. I'm just curious. I, I was going to invite you if you're EXP to an EXP call. But I'd say if you like, on my, uh, if you text to good stuff, uh, make a 15-minute appointment. I'd love to go online with you in Jefferson County and, and help you and learn together what's going on there. So if I can help you, I would love to do that. Okay, I will, Bill. Thank you so much. Sure. Um, Sandy asks, what do you do to acquire probate leads this time? Sandy, what, uh, Sandy, uh, Grant, what county or what area are you in? Well, I don't know if she's there to unmute. It looks like she's stepped away. So I'll just say again, the answer is, uh, depending on where you are, I would either uh, go online to the county and research what they have for free. Oh, Santa Clara. Santa Clara County has online robust online uh, information. Um, so I would, I would uh, definitely um, uh, Google search Santa Clara County probate, uh, learn there. And then also I know their data is for, for sale through uh, probate daily. Again, text me up for the coupon code uh, and you might want to buy some data there. But what am I doing right now? I actually buy data from four different companies because it's all a little different. <clears throat> and my business is all about the data and finding the deals that other people miss. So anyhow, um, let's see, Andrea. I sold a property, it didn't go into probate because the deceased had a living trust. There you go. Avoid probate with living trusts. Wills do not avoid living trust. Wills are probated in probate court. Number one misconception. Um, she says, when family decided to sell, we just sent the mortgage company the listing agreement and they gave us 12 months to sell. Great, get enough equity. It sold in seven days, I think that's over asking price, comp to property, good job. So uh, again, Andrea, I assume you sent them your listing agreement and or the letters of authority. Uh, and so they knew that everything's on the good. And basically as a realtor, some different forms there's one document title needs to record, but it's easy peasy if you have full authority, right? Yeah, good. Well, congratulations, Andy. That's good news. Um, let's see what else. Text good stuff to 213-460-2577. Uh, Grant, move to the gun. What's the value proposition to attorneys and potential clients? Grant Cox, remind me, what do you, are you an agent or investor? What do you do? Good question. Hey, Bill. Uh, um, properties. So you're an investor? I'm an agent. You're an agent. Got yeah, it. Yeah, we, we spoke two weeks ago, actually. Yeah, I know. I remember your name. and I'm, I'm sorry. I just couldn't place it. I, I talked to a lot of people. So what's my value proposition? So again, I focus, you know, I'm in LA County, which is the largest or second largest probate county in the country. And all of our probates are handled in one court. So a little different in different areas. Uh, and I specialize in, I believe I'm the expert in properties sold at court confirmation. Um, I think attorneys, my experience with attorneys is um, if you pull the data of all the probate court, all the probates done in Los Angeles County, for example, 90 to 95% of the probates are handled by attorneys who have not done one probate a year for the last two years. Meaning they might be great attorneys, they might know the law, they might know what they do regularly on a daily basis. It could be divorces, contracts, whatever else it is, but they don't know the procedures of probate. They might know the law backwards and forwards, but knowing the law doesn't get your paperwork approved through the court. And so what I, the value proposition I bring to the attorney is that um, 
while he's scrambled for that guy, not the top 5% who all they do is probate and trust and they have experienced paralegal, different proposition to them. But to the others, my value proposition is I'm the expert in probate sales at court and I can also assist them on avoiding having to uh, get it sold in court by getting full authority. It was a standard easy case. They don't need me. There's not much value I can bring. They'll list the house with whoever bakes the most cookies. But if your house has to, if there is be limited authority and you have multiple heirs fighting, you're going to lose a lot of money if you delay things and don't do things properly. And in my experience, most of them have no real clue what they're doing. Now, I don't say it to them, but you know that's, that's the bottom line. They don't, for the most part, know what they're doing in the probate court. Um, okay, I think you will do. Uh, Andrew, if I had to mention, it was a reverse mortgage. I have natural causes in the property, still sold some days. Yeah, how about that? Now, when you here's an interesting case. I had a case, Andrea, where um, I called the agent and said, uh, did the decedent die in the property? And the agent said, no. Okay. So then we get an escrow and I get the AVID, not the disclosure from the seller, but the, the agent's visual inspection disclosure. And it says, decedent died in the house. What? You told me no. Now we're in escrow. The answer is yes. Did it change? I always ask what's not in the MLS. Usually they'll put did not die in the house if they know the case. What's the way that you know the answer to the question? How would you be able to uh, prove beyond a shadow of a doubt what the right answer is? Anybody have a guess? Here's some training you're not going to get from anybody else in the business. It should be in the MLS, right? Aren't we supposed to state that? But could the MLS be right or could the MLS be wrong? Yeah. So my question is, how wh how could you know 100% what the answer is to that question? Think about it for a second. Okay. Wow, nobody knows. I don't think I have an answer to the chat box. Do we, do we look up um There you go. I got an answer. Well, I got two answers. Hold it. Let me be fair here. Maxine and uh, Christiane. Christiane? Uh, both got the right answer. I don't know when you got it. I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. On the death certificate, which really is a public record information, which gets filed as part of the probate. So go back to my story. I asked the agent, did they die in the house? No. We get an escrow. I get the disclosure. Die in the house. What? My buyer says, I don't really care, but can you find out what happened? So, so I, I, we ask for a copy of the death cert. I get the death cert. It says... Uh, the scene died at hospital, Kaiser Hospital. So they're right there, black and white. So what's the answer? They died in the house or they died in the hospital? They died in the hospital. So I emailed to the agent. <laughs> I should have said, are you an idiot? Are you stupid? I could have said, what's wrong with you? But I didn't. I'm polite. I said, excuse me. I know your avid says they died in the house. But the death cert, the public record information that's certified by the county of Los Angeles and filed with the court, says they died at Kaiser. The agent you would have sued your avid. I'm sorry? <laughs> the agent would have sued you for defamation for calling him an idiot. Well, <laughs> you can't get sued for defamation if it's true. But it's true, she, but still. She is, dem <laughs> she is demonstrably an, an idiot. She is an idiot, so I, I, I would win that case. <laughs> so here's the point, is that we as agents, I think that goes back to pretending you know more than you do. Don't answer a question you don't know the answer to. And if you're doing probate court, question. you don't want to get a copy of the death cert. Yes, question. So 
it takes some time, a few weeks or so to receive the death certificate. What if you, not in this scenario, but what if you place the property for sale like right away and you don't have the death certificate? Well, I you're mean, speaking, a probate case, you're not from... going to have letters of approval for 30 days, so it's not going to be that fast. Oh, okay. Well, well yeah, in, in a um, probate scenario, I got it. I got it. Okay. Yeah, and you can also request a copy from your clients. You can request it from the attorney. You can request it from your clients. It's when online. You go to, it's when also you go, to go yeah. ahead, Bill. It's also online on the file. And but it's also yeah. online. Yeah. But people, but when people pass, they expect they need it for the mortuary. They need it for the bank. Like they, people know they need to get the death cert. When you, unfortunately, when you pass the person passes the, they they you get the death certificate. That people know. The professionals who are in charge of giving you the death certificate know to give you certified copies and ask you how many you want, and they, they make that happen. So anyhow. Okay, so see, death cert, thank you. Is a trust sale on the realtor's end any different from a regular sale? Maxine asked the question, is a trust sale different? So a trust is an entity that can own property as opposed to an individual, right? A trust is an entity that can own property. So if I own property and for whatever reasons, personal tax wise, I want to put it in a trust or me and my wife or me and my wife and my daughter or me and 10,000 people put it in the trust. There's an entity called the trust. The question is who has the authority to make the decisions for the trust? And that's what it has to be in writing. And then it has to be to a standard that the title company will accept in order to make the transaction. Generally speaking, when they put it in the trust, there's somebody who signs as the trust as the trustee. And that same person is around still, they can sign the documents as a trustee and the title company will accept it. So the answer is generally trust sales no different than a regular sale. Occasionally there's problems with the trust. Trust is lost, trust the original trustee is passed who's the successor trustee. Sometimes the trust will name the successor and that one's passed or that person doesn't want to be involved anymore. So that's where trust can be a little more complicated, but in general, 99% of the time, a trust sale is no different than a regular sale. It's only different when it goes to court because there's something different. So in probate court, we often get trust sales that are being litigated because the original trustee was dead and then Dad passed and it was a son. The son passed and now nobody knows who it is or the son says it was him, but he doesn't have the paperwork. That's where it goes to court and becomes a whole big thing. Um, or but something was the time not. And then Nina also gave the answer, Dutch to it, thank you. And Etienne as well, Dutch to it, thank you. Um, what about the name on the forms? Do you include the trust name on the, uh, on the name? So Max, you were talking about on the offer, when you write an offer, right? You can look at public records and put the name of the trust there. As a listing agent for the listing documents, you put the name of the trust and then you have a person who has a signing authority on behalf of the trust. And there's a form, as realtors, we have a, a special form that says, this is the trust and I'm the authority and here's why I'm the authority. And yes or no, the documents proving that are attached. That's the RCSD, the Representative Capacity uh, Signature Disclosure Form. So when you're on the buyer side, 
you don't need to worry about that, but you need them to give you back proof that whoever says they're signing for the trust is in fact. So they should respond back with that form and it should say the Bill and Joe, Joe Trust and I'm the trustee, my name is Bob or whatever the truth is, or if it's a corporation, whoever is in charge. So um, to, I don't know if I answered your question, uh, Maxine, but um, is there any more to it than that? Hey, Bill, is the RCSD, is that a CAR form? Yeah. California Association of Realtors, or CAR, uh, provides forms in our zip forms, standard forms. And if you look on the purchase agreement form, at the very bottom where the buyer signs, there's a checkbox. It'll say, are you uh, one or more of the signers is signing any representative capacity? Attached RCSD hyphen B. So if your buyer is buying as an LLC or trust, they should check the box and complete the form. On the seller side, on the next page, I think it's page 11, next to the seller signature is the box that says, one or more signers is signing in a representative capacity. Attached is RCSD hyphen S for the seller version. And then the proper formats to click the box and to fill out the form and attach it back with your documents. That's in California, but there you go. Okay. Yes, great, good. Any other questions, challenges, problems? We have a few more minutes left. It's been a fun time today. What is helpful today? We learned some stuff? We got a little in the weeds today, didn't we? A little deep down the weeds and a little realtor-ish. Normally you have more investors and uh, wholesalers, but uh, glad to, to get involved. Any questions, challenges, problems? Last chance, free coaching. I do have something. Let's go, Nina. Um, so I had a listing appointment yesterday with uh, uh, an heir, and you'll understand why I put that in quotes, of someone who passed. It's nowhere in records anywhere because there's no petition been filed. He found me online and I helped him brought value. And then he's like built rapport. And he's like, come and take a look at these properties. So with all that said, looked at the properties, there would be great listings. Um, one of them has a, may have a title fraud issue with the previous wife and all this stuff. But outside of that, it would be a great opportunity. Then he, but in meeting with him and, you know, I was with him for a while and we went to all three properties. Um, it was when we were at the second one that, you know, I told him, I said, you really just need to go ahead and petition as soon as possible. He doesn't want his sister to petition for it. Doesn't feel comfortable with her being the petitioner and other issues. And so I said, you really want to do that? Well, he says, well, you know, I was adopted and my name on my birth certificate is not my dad's name. So I don't know if I'd be able to prove it's me. And I said, well, you're just going to get your birth certificate documents. He says, I hope I can find those. And of course, his dad's apart. His dad lived in his triplex, in his owned triplex, but the other units were vacant and it's got stuff everywhere. And the sister took all the files away. So anyway, he says, I'm not sure I'll have to find them. And for me, it was a bit of a red flag because he also had a felony many years ago that he said wasn't even his fault. He was wrongly accused, which you can, by the way, for anyone who needs to know, in California, you can still petition the court to be the personal representative, even if you have a felony. Um, the court still has the right to approve who's going to be the petition, the personal representative, but you can. 
Um, but anyway, those are all the red flags. So I'm questioning if this guy might be a scammer or not. He had keys. We had access to the house. I did look him up and I did some, you know, checking. He does seem to be connected to the, the decedent. Have you ever run into anything like that where you're dealing with someone who's really potentially a scammer trying to get over and become the petitioner, the personal representative for a probate that they have no business on? Welcome to my world. Sorry <laughs> <laughs> for the can of worms, but it really is like my red flag. I'm, I've got the eagle eye red flags going up and I'm like, sure. kosher here. Sure. It, it, I mean, for, for those of you who aren't in probate, isn't this interesting? This is why I do it. Like, yeah. this is just interesting to me. I don't know. It's uh, I know it'd be nice to sell a $2 million house in Brentwood and, and put out the coffee and the, uh, and the little cookies and all that stuff, but and get it sold. But I find this way more interesting personally, you know, um, I try to be very non-judgmental because the same person who looks like a scammer, but is not, you know, maybe he's had to scam everything else the rest of his life and is suffering financially. And this is their solution. I've, I've had clients. I can think of one in particular, I met at court. She clearly was a meth user or whatever you want to call it, meth addict. Um, I mean, everything about her look, her, her physical characteristics, the house was a complete, I mean, I didn't go to the house. I had one of my team members handle that part. Um, and, but along the way, you know, she kept, you know, we never quite disqualified her from being legit till the very end where she came up with a document that proved she was an heir. And um, we helped her. We've asked her some funds for attorney's fees because she needed an attorney. She couldn't fill out anything on her own, but we got, we got enough information to get the attorney to say, I'm in. And, um, and then we uh, got enough information to get her to be the executive tricks, I guess is the technical term. And um, not that she tricked anybody, but she would try. Um, and it worked out. So I'd say to you, yeah, I mean, you have to be careful. You don't put yourself in a bad position. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of people suffering in Los Angeles. I can't solve all of them. But that lady, but for me, would be homeless today. Yeah. It, it's, you know, he says he owns his, his house outright in Echo Park. He owns his car. Um, and... You know, then he said that he does he's he does his side hustles to make money. He basically breeds Bengal cats. Um, and I mean, it just seemed like a lot of little red flags to me that I was like, is this guy for real? But at the same time, you know, we got along really well, but he told his kind of sobby story. So it just kind of there was a lot of flags to me that were like, maybe you're not on the up and up here. I mean, you have to um, trust and verify. You know, the other thing, well, the other, and the other thing of the, is that early on in the conversation, we were sitting at the kitchen table. He said, well, maybe you could be my petitioner. And that was like, oh, heck no. <laughs> have you ever asked anybody to be, has anybody ever asked you to be their petitioner? Yeah, and, and I wouldn't do it. I think that um, there's um, attorneys who are glad to take the double fee. Uh, there's attorneys who are glad to ride along with another attorney. Uh, and they work out money between them. And, uh, and as long as they're bringing value to that, I think that's fine. But no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I, yeah. I mean, I can't list the property if I do that. That's my business, right? Exactly. So I, I don't want to be in that role. I tell them I'm not, I'm, I, I would have a conflict of interest, but I know somebody can help you. If that's what you want to do. 
And so yeah, I, refer, I refer him to two of the best attorneys and, and that's going to be a follow-up to him because he's kind of on a, it's like, it takes a minute to get to him, but I wanted to just kind of say, I'm not going to be that, you know, it's a conflict of interest. Have your attorney to be your petitioner. So. Yeah. And they get this beef for that. <laughs> Look, those guys, you need to take them by the hand to the attorney. Yep. And they really need, yeah. they need that kind of, you know, that's what we, with this lady, we ended up delivering every document, getting her signed, everything. And it costs a little more, but you know, uh, at the end of the day, she got uh, $800,000 house or $600,000 house. So <coughs> great. Well, thank you. Nina. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Trust me verify, but I would, I would go with, cause I just find that interesting. I, I, I find like a puzzle. If you solve it at the end, I, I always want to know what's the real story at the end. I want to know either he is a scam artist or he's legitimate one or the other. I can't stand not knowing. It just drives me nuts. Yeah, well, I actually, I asked him for a sister's information because I said, I want to check with her to see if she's actually preparing the petition. He's like, but I don't want her to know it's me that gave you her contact information or I'm like, okay, I'll wait. Why don't you petition first? And then I looked up her sis, his sister, and there's another agent who's actually out of my brokerage that is a friend of hers um, on Facebook. So I was like, Maybe she's already ready to like, she's doing some other things right now before she's ready to sell. So anyway, okay, interesting story. Well, good luck with that. <coughs> Please come back and tell us the end of the story. That's always fascinating stuff to know. I will. Great. Any other questions? Hey, Bill. Um, I do have a question actually. Yeah, uh, have, what's up? Hey, good. Uh, a realtor here. And I have a, a question. I have a, a listing actually, quite similar to the last experience where, uh, the seller, he's actually, um, uh, he, he quit claimed the, the property into his name um, through, through his POA uh, that he has uh, for his uh, incapacitated parents. And so we're looking to list the property, but um, I'm being advised that he doesn't have um, you know, uh, legal title on the property there. So uh, we're running into some issues. So I'm not sure if uh, maybe he needs to go through um, uh, the courts, because again, his, his dad is incapacitated. His mother's deceased. They were both on title. He quit claimed them off using his power of attorney, uh, which uh, I think is a, uh, a breach of that power of attorney. But um, so we're running into some issues here. Okay. I'm sorry. I kind of got lost a little bit. So <clears throat> the son had a power of attorney and deeded off to both parents that's and correct. And did the property to himself? That's correct. My guess is those power attorneys were not done with what are called insured transactions, meaning he didn't refinance the property. There's been no title insurance since he's done that, correct? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. So the question is, does he own the property or not? And mm -hmm. then the second question is, well, you can own the property legally, but can you transfer it or not? And the parents are both deceased? Um, one is, and then the other is incapacitated. They has, he has a dementia. Uh, how long, the, the power of attorney, uh, how long was it before she became, uh, before she had dementia? Um, great question. I have to look at the dates on that. Mm -hmm. And he, he, as an individual power of attorney and then did the property to himself, or he had power of attorney and did it to a trust or some sort of entity? He deeded it to his, himself, actually, not to a trust or an LLC or anything. Yeah, that's that's going to be hard to make stand up. But so what happens is this. 
power of attorney, you're supposed to act on behalf of the people you're acting. You have a fiduciary responsibility for the people you're attorney for. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> the, um, the problem is going to be, why did the mother and father deed the property to him? He acted as power of attorney, but they're the ones deeding it. Why did they give the property? Did he sell it? Did, they, did he give them money in exchange for that? Hmm. Um, no, I don't think so. I think that um, if, if yeah. it's just him stealing the property by using hmm. the power of attorney, then that's going to be a difficult transaction to get title insurance for when it comes time to sell it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what happens is those kind of guys will sell it to some unknowing investor. They'll say, I have, the, I have right here the deed. And, and the property's worth $500,000. Give me 300000 cash and it's yours. The problem hmm. is that when you go to sell the property to somebody else, you expect to give title insurance. Mm-hmm. Or if you refinance the property, you need title insurance. And talk to them those deeds don't make sense and they're not insured. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a problem. And uh, you got to go to probate court to resolve that. There'll be a petition mm-hmm. in probate court to determine... If she's alive, then she has a, 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 a conservatorship mm-hmm. appointed for her to maybe contest the uh, the deed. Uh, the court would appoint one. So there's going to be a lot of legal fees and such. So um, that's a complicated matter that um, – so is he your prospective client or the – He is. He is. I would say that's something you should take to an attorney that's experienced in probate, specifically probate litigation. And have them evaluate. And I, what I do, what I, the value I bring with that, Dion, is I get all the documents together, and I summarize the issue, and give that to the attorney. So he's looking at the issue with the documents. He doesn't have to do the research. Mm-hmm. So some attorneys will charge for a consult. If you give them business, some will will work on it for free. And of course, if if the solution is probate court, uh, sometimes they'll do it for free. That's the way they generate some business for themselves, which is understandable. So I'd be glad to work on a little more detail if you want. If you don't know anybody that fits all that criteria, if you do, then I'd say I'd get an attorney to look at it, whether you have to pay them some money or you know, beg somebody to look at it for you and, and get a plan of action together. Okay. Yeah, that's helpful. But okay, I can thank help, you. If I'm reach out to me. I'd be glad to maybe hook you up with an attorney, do some research with a partner on the deal maybe. I'd be glad to walk you through the steps how I would handle that if you're interested. Okay? Certainly. Cool. Um, what else? No other questions. We're kind of coming up in the hour. I got to jump off for five o'clock. So a couple things I want to say. Um, uh, I do a call every Tuesday at three o'clock. That is a, um, a real estate investment focused. Wholesaler investors, uh, of course, agents are welcome to come on there as well. If you have a property to pitch, not on the MLS. So if you're an off-market property, or you have something under contract, you want to pitch it on Tuesday, Sit through ahead of time. I'm glad to present it and try to help you sell the property online with that. So that's Tuesday at three o'clock. If you text uh, to Bill Gross, uh, text good stuff to the number, you'll get back that list and it will have the, uh, the meetings they have on, the, on that as well. Also next week, if you're interested, um, um, if you're a real estate agent and want to learn commercial real estate, EXP is having a week-long commercial convention, including a certification as part of the process for free. I have a couple of free tickets. So if you're interested in that, text me or email me offline. I'd be glad to talk to you about that a little further. Lastly. about that, Bill? 
let's talk about that, Nina. Uh, offline, yeah. let's tell you about that. Um, and then lastly, uh, if you're a wholesaler, probate, a wholesaler or investor, um, um, normally I don't present other people's programs unless I really vet them. One of my longtime friends and former coaching client, personality, Tyrek El Musa, Tarek El Musa of Flipper Flop TV is having a, a Saturday um, wholesale probate um, program. Normally it's about 400 bucks. I have some, a link to it for $97. It's about six hours of material that I think would be great. It's not everything soup to nuts, but it's a great start for that money. Obviously he has a coaching business and company that he can help if you want to go further. But I think for $97, you get a lot of value from one day with one of the top um, wholesaler flippers in Southern California and really around the country. So if you're interested in that, text me, email me as well. So that's it. Thank you very much for being on the call today. I appreciate everybody, all your participation. Nina, as always. Andrea, thank you. Christian, thank you as well. Joanne, uh, Dion, thank you. If I forgot anybody, thank you for your help. Uh, Maxine, and we'll have a great week and we'll get together next week, okay?